Hey, family, this is David Mahan, and uh, there's going to be some sensitive content being shared in this particular podcast, so uh, definitely not appropriate for children. Just wanted to give you that, that heads up. I would to God that the body of Christ understood these issues to the degree where we stop arguing R verse D, but weeping before God, right, in prayer first, Right. For all of our intercessors, for all of our, our pastors, uh, I'm a minister. I'm right there with you. But then get up off your knees and and weep at the state house. Weep uh, as you protest children's hospital. Weep as you are um, as you are writing a letter to your representative who thinks they can stand and, and be pro-life. Right. Because who's not in Ohio. Right. Stand and be pro-life. But but also be quiet and silent because of fear, right? And, and the loss of maybe losing in another election or whatever. And be silent on some of these issues that, that, that real folks are weeping over. Um, my heart's cry, my heart's cry is that we begin to cry yeah. over these lives again. That we put children first um, in our prayer life again. And, and we get busy doing the work of the ministry, not just the prayer of the ministry, but the work of the ministry, because these folks down here will do nothing until we tell them to do something. And welcome to The Narrative, where we're unpacking the toughest issues of the day. My name is Aaron Bear. I am the president of Center for Christian Virtue, here with my co-host and our policy director at CCV, uh, David Mahan. We're actually at our, our last episode, the, the wrap-up episode of... Uh, of the, this volume on children first, um, the, the whole concept where we're looking at uh, how has society, how has culture, how has our country uh, placed the desires of adults over the needs of children and, and what can be done about that? How do we put children first uh, again in our, in our country? Um, and this has been uh, an incredible, incredible uh, volume. If you haven't listened to the episodes, go back, listen to those interviews we've done with, with Corey DeAngelis and Aaron Brewer and Monica Klein, Pastor Ben Douglas, uh, Luke Rosiak and, and Katie Faust. Um, honestly, uh, this has been maybe my favorite volume we've done yet on the narrative. Uh, we've gotten some great uh, feedback from folks, uh, more, more feedback than we've ever gotten. And I want to tell you, um, if you've really enjoyed this volume, I uh, want to ask you to, to leave a, a rating uh, and, and give a, ra- a, a review uh, of the podcast. Uh, those things help us reach more people. You know, We decided to do this podcast uh, over a year ago. Uh, because we wanted to create a, a platform to educate folks on on all things that are going on today and and dive deeper into uh, the topics and the the major narratives we see uh, going on in our country uh, and this has been one uh, that has been especially good for us but I, I want to bring in uh, my co-host my I, I gotta be honest my my dejected co-host uh, right now <laughs> David man I, I still am expecting to wake up one morning with a horse head in my bed from David <laughs> because I I convinced him to leave his his peaceful life of uh, of working with children and and you know uh, and, and all those good things to come uh, get get beat up by uh, by the media and by lawmakers and <laughs> lobbyists uh, and it's been one of the it has been one of those yeah, days it has been a week it has been yeah, one of those it weeks is, it has been a week and a week and a day <laughs> yeah that's the, i uh hey everybody i you know this has been just a phenomenal uh series of podcasts I, if there was one regret for me it was and just based on how i'm feeling today 
it was to to hear the stories of what it cost each one of our guests to be them what it cost each one of our guests to stand for truth to stand for children I think sometimes you know you can listen to a podcast and it just be okay what what's the issue today or you know you get into this this Fox versus CNN mentality right versus left um, these folks that we are interviewing, I think of Aaron Brewer, and I mean, apolitical, yeah. right? She she lived most of her life on one side of the fence, and now she's on the other side of the fence, but not because of any particular fence. It's because of the kids. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, today I was in, uh, you know, Aaron and I were just in um, uh, an interested party meeting, literally squaring up with with uh, Children's Hospital and um, you know, we, we it was it was their it was their thing to to put together. And so we bring in our doctors, we bring in our attorneys, and uh we've got, you know, sponsor, this, that, and the other thing. And 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 to see the other side just just play around. Yeah. You know. And they, this is on this is on our safe factor. Yeah, this, this is safe uh, fact. Uh, prohibit hormone therapy on kids for the purpose of gender transition. You know, this is a very serious on whatever whichever side of the fence you're on, very serious. And they come in with no doctors, right? National, you know, nationwide children, no doctors, no facts. They can't answer questions. And then when we bring in, um, you know, a, a doctor and a, and a lawyer, neither one of them get time to speak, right? I think the doctor spoke maybe ten minutes. He had thirty to give, uh, and just stupid questions to 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 eat up his time because they knew he only had a limited amount of time. Um, it's games, and and I think sometimes folks just don't want to hear. That side of the battle down here, as if everybody on both sides is caring for kids and they have the right, you know, intentions. That's not true, family. Yeah. And uh, and my heart's cry uh, today, and it may end up in crying today. <laughs> I just left the marijuana, the medical marijuana uh, a testimony, opponent testimony, uh, and and our folks all across the country, our advocates are doing a phenomenal job. But my heart's cry is that the body of Christ would get beyond watching TV about issues, listening to podcasts about issues, and getting involved with protecting children. Uh, here in the state of Ohio, if the only and way this in stuff Ohio, happens, but in every, wherever yeah, you are, the, the I mean, only honestly. way this stuff happens is for the body of Christ to be silent, and we have yeah. for too long. Yeah, no, I mean, again, this is one of these things that I think about the meeting we had today. So, uh, an interested party meeting, it, it's it's something that happens in in public policy all the time, where you bring the two sides together uh, to talk about an issue. Yeah, uh, and uh, you know, th- this was one of those things where. You know, it, it took a, probably a good seventy minutes. We 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 kept coming back to the 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 conversation was oh well, what is this bill? What's the purpose of this bill? These kind of things, <laughs> which again, you could go read the bill. It's the same bill Arkansas has passed. Uh, similar bills are all over the country. It's House Bill four fifty four here, and and finally, you know, I I kept asking. I said, uh, "Are you giving puberty blocking drugs to minors and cross sex hormones to minors?" Yeah. For the purpose of gender transition, no answer, no answer, no answer, no answer. Finally, about seventy minutes into this ninety-minute meeting, yes, as we promote on our websites, we are giving these drugs, and we said, "Okay, that's that's it right there. Mm-hmm. You want to keep doing this? We say it's harmful. We can debate if you want to debate whether it's harmful." To David's right. point, we brought in people ready to debate yeah. that, and they they did not come prepared. But the 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 bottom line for, for me to to your point, David. You know, I think with a lot of the things we talked about in this volume, 
Um, and, and, and this is something that I have just felt more and more convicted about as we're going through that. It, when I think about what did we learn in this volume, what did I learn in this volume? It's all the different ways um, our, our country has built structures and systems to make it easy not to look at the pain, mm-hmm. right? To make it easy not to see what's happening to hide, to, to hide numb it, ourselves, to numb ourselves. Mm-hmm. We, you know, again, it's, it, it's, it's the, the one that I think a lot of folks can, can easily uh, wrap their mind around is, is even just uh, the concept of, of the way uh, the left or the media talks about abortion, right? They say uh, we, we're going to terminate the pregnancy, right? Um, which is the nice way of putting, we're going to kill the child, yeah. right? Or we're going to yeah. abort the child. Um, you know, we, we, we dress things up and, and that's the thing with these, these gender clinics, for example, is, uh, you know, they are a part of these big, beautiful children's hospitals that, you know, I'll I'll say my family has been blessed by some of these very children's hospitals that are doing these terrible things. Yeah. Or, or you think about, uh, you think about the, the education space and what, what Ben Douglas and Corey DeAngelis talked to us about. We do this after school program and every year, we love on kids that aren't Christian. We just say, hey, just come. We're just going to help you with your schoolwork. We're going to feed you. We'll tell you about Jesus. If you want to follow him, great. If you don't, we're not going to. We're not here to pressure people. It doesn't work. It's not what God wants. But, man, they come to Christ over and over and over again. And God has these people. You look at you look at the Harambees. You look at the trees, and you see these kids that everybody's overlooked, and they're they're doing great. They're doing great. And so there is, you know, there's racism in the world. Whatever people want to take it, it just is. But there's also a socioeconomic classism. And these kids deserve opportunities to flourish. They do. You know, really, these these Columbus public schools, you know, the, the, the unbelievable amount of suffering that's happening in these schools that... Nobody ever has to really look at, you know, our lawmakers certainly never have to look at, but most people never actually have to go down and see that level of poverty and that level of struggle and the, this growing population of people who, who are our neighbors who just can't read. Right. You know, there was um, just, just thinking about our, I'm still affected from Aaron Brewer coming on here. And, and for those of you that, that missed it, please go go check her out. There was situation after situation after situation where I was growing up, where I look back now and realize that if, if those Christian um, values had been part of my family, there wouldn't have been the hurt, that, there, that my brother and I would have grown up to be so much healthier. And all of this started because of my parents divorcing through California's... Um, New rule, I think it was 1972. My parents were one of the first that had gotten divorced under that no-fault divorce. And so... Thank you, Ronald Reagan. Right. You sort of see, um, you know, how you break down one of the values and there's this domino effect. And that's how we've gotten to where we are now, where we have children as young as eight years old who are being developmentally delayed, where we have, you know legislators who are considering legalizing marijuana thinking that's going to be good in any way whatsoever when in fact it's incredibly harmful for kids we need to start putting our kids first we need to start protecting them from this um you know what's really trying to undermine families she testified 
um, on on uh, on SafeAct. From the perspective of someone who was, when she was younger, um, questioning her identity, uh, she wept the entire testimony. I would to God that the body of Christ understood these issues to the degree where we stop arguing R verse D, but weeping before God, right, in prayer first, right, for all of our intercessors, for all of our our pastors. Uh, I'm a minister. I'm right there with you. But then get up off your knees and and weep at the state house. Weep uh, as you protest Children's Hospital. Weep as you are um, as you are writing a letter to your representative who thinks they can stand and, and be pro-life. Right. Because who's not in Ohio. Right. Stand and be pro-life. But but also be quiet and silent because of fear. Right. And, and the loss of maybe losing in another election or whatever. And be silent on some of these issues that 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 real folks are weeping over. Um, my heart's cry. My heart's cry is that we begin to cry over these lives again, that we put children first um, in our prayer life again, and and we get busy doing the work of the ministry, not just the prayer of the ministry, but the work of the ministry, because these folks down here will do nothing until we tell them to do something about these issues. Yeah, no, I mean, that's the, you you think about things like backpack bill, right? And, And, you know, uh, I I missed the interview, but I went back and and listened to it uh, when when you interviewed Monica Klein. Yeah. At that point, I had actually already accepted Christ into my life. God was really showing me different things. I was seeing things that I hadn't seen before, and here was this woman sitting in front of me, letting me know that she was a sex worker. She was having children just to eat and have shelter. And this intervention from the CDC to convince her to use condoms was supposed to help her. Absolutely not. I knew she needed Christ. She needed the body of Christ to come to her and help her. Um, This is what's happening in our communities. This is the false hope that, that these programs are giving children and adults all over this country. The the story she told um, about, uh, the the young woman uh, when she was you know she was a Planned Parenthood trained mm-hmm. sex ed um, sex ed instructor comprehensive sex education instructor and I, I'll say this you know uh, if there's children in the car you should you should pause this here and pick this up in a little bit but she's told the story I think it was a 13 year old girl who asked her what to do if she does not like giving oral sex uh, to boys mm-hmm. and the way she told the story was, you know, what, what struck her was that for that girl, not doing that was not an option. Um, and and this this is not, again, we we say these things, and, and and I always come back to this because I think for for too many people, they hear a story like that from Monica Klein, and it's easy to say that is happening elsewhere. Um, you know, it, that that's happening in, in, you know, one of these crazy blue states or something like that. No, this is, yeah, this is, this is happening in, in your average public school, your public school in America. Yeah. And you think about what motivates a Monica Klein, Monica Klein, the first time I met her, 
was in D.C. And I was like, Monica, you got to, you know, you got to meet these folks. You got to. And it was the meeting, the, the one, it was a bad meeting. This great group, bad meeting. Um, it, it was all, you know, about issues. It was very um, two-dimensional. It wasn't really hitting to the real core root of what is the issue? What is the harm being done to children? Mm-hmm. And Monica, that's where she comes from. She was, she's coming from a place of I was one of the ones inflicting harm. And I'm going to spend the rest of my life, right, protecting children from the lie that she bought into, right? <laughs> These are the voices that America needs to hear. And, and just bringing her on this podcast, that was a blessing, you know, to bring my friend on here and, and let her expose. But but how do we get the Monica Kleins, the Aarons, all, you know, Corey DeAngelis, you know, it, it, the right voices when you have, this is another issue I'm having this week, is the media, mm. right? I've been, I've been attacked and, and slandered twice now uh, in the last 30 days, and I don't really mind it, right? I think the people that know me know me, you know, and, and, and first of which being Jesus Christ, my wife, and, you know, the, the kids, they know me. Um, Aaron thinks he knows me. No, but, I'm, I'm saying I'm just, this, my my whole thing about all go. this see, is that the media see. is saying one thing. I'm like, oh, it's so much worse than that. <laughs> These people, <laughs> they have no idea <laughs> if they only knew. <laughs> but uh, anyway, you were saying. But the voice, who the voice, like the I think one of the issues beyond even just left versus right, we need a media that we can trust that just reports issues. These guys, uh, can I mention the names of the? The news. Uh, yeah. All right, all right. So Dispatch got me once. Uh, Cleveland.com got me once. Um, you know, who's the voice that we can go to, right? And then we argue in church, those that are on, you know, have churches that are very diverse. You might have Republicans, Democrats. We argue these issues based on the voices that we're hearing yeah. teach us about these things. And I think that's the benefit of the narrative, right, is that we're trying to bring folks in who just really care and are coming from a place of compassion and urgency. And uh, and so that we get above, you know, some of the talking points. We're going to probably do this in a, in a future podcast um, about how the, the latest one got me, Cleveland.com. <laughs> but these jokers literally took a piece of an of a interview that was done like almost a month ago. We start working, you know, the, this this you issue tell, out. Tell the whole, tell the story. I mean, that's the politics of this. Um, it's called Aaron's Law, and um, the the person that okay, this this woman Aaron, uh, she was abused, and um, terrible story. I mean, just terrible story. And when I first heard about this bill, you know, we were going around talking to the, you know, this different the sexual violence prevention bill. Yeah. yeah. Sexual violence prevention, which we already have sexual violence prevention in Ohio. Catherine yeah. Wood uh, constructing safe relationships has a great curriculum. We already yeah. do professional. Long story short, I finally, you know, I'm sitting there talking to legislators. Then finally, the Holy Spirit was like, why don't you just call Aaron? So I'm like, okay, I get on Facebook. Not, not me, but the, the Aaron that yeah, this bill is never call <laughs> Aaron, ever. If, if you're having any issues, never <laughs> you call used this to man. Call me all the time, anyway, Teddy Bear. Uh, so I'm, I'm 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 on Facebook. I reach out to her. She never hits. So then Dispatch runs this completely trash review. You know, interview. They they enter. I, I loved when I did the NPR interview was in person. You know, because they couldn't twist it. We had a great time. But then you know, Dispatch interviewed me and twisted everything I said. Well, the good news of that is uh, the devil took what the Lord took what was negative and, and turned it into good. Aaron heard of it in Illinois, contacted me, and we've been in talks. 
Uh, and she said, you know, David, they tried to do this stuff to me. Planned Parenthood tried to do this stuff to me in New York. And uh, they tried to take the bill, hijack the bill. I've been trying to get a hold of these um, representatives for, for months. They're not answering my blah, blah, blah. So we are having these great conversations, right? Um, and then all of a sudden, we see this article this week where we get all of these comments from Aaron that are negative. Like, I don't know what their problem is. Their fears are unfounded. They need to stop interrupting the process. And I'm thinking, daggone, I just got thrown under the bus again. So I called Aaron and she said, I said, uh, you know, did you hear the interview? You know, did you hear, did you see the article? She said, what article? I said, the one where you threw us under the bus saying you didn't understand that, you know, why, why are, uh, why we had issues with the bill. David, that interview was done before we started talking. Did y'all hear what I just said? So you can't really say they're lying, right? Because these are her words. But they weren't her words from just recently. In context. It was completely out of context, like, like, they, took my, uh, like, like they took my interview. Nobody would ever know Mm-mm. that this went on until the narrative told you, mm-hmm. right? until somebody told you the lie. But listen, I think we all understand that the media is trash and corrupt. <laughs> it's just we all think that the other side's media is trash and corrupt. Right. It's all trash and corrupt, and we need the body of Christ to speak truth to power, to speak truth of awareness to our congregations uh, because there's nothing but lies being disseminated, disseminated out here and nobody's going to know unless we stand up. Yeah. You know, again, th- this is one of these things that um, uh, it goes back to what I was saying before where I think for a lot of folks, it's hard to, to wrap our minds around. I, I, I go back to the public schools all the time on this. Like, you know, when we, when we, have a conversation with lawmakers about backpack bill or about this curriculum issues that are in schools, Planned Parenthood or these types of things, you know, what, what we have come to realize is that the general assumption that, that the public has lawmakers have the media has the, 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 their view of things is that the public schools are generally doing okay. Um, and they're probably a little underfunded. Um, that's, that's just, and, and, and this is one of the reasons why we're so big on worldview here at CCV. We're, you know, and, and you know, this is a, a John Stone Street thing, but but worldview is uh, the assumptions we make about the world around us, right? That's that's. We, I assume if I throw this pen at David, it's going to bounce off his rubber head and you know fly out the window. Uh, I, you know, I assume if I drop my phone off the floor, it's going to hit the ground. You know, I, I assume. Uh, when I walk into a men's restroom, there's only going to be men in there, right? I assume uh, all of all of these types of things. And that's, you know, for a lot of folks, if you don't understand the worldview mm-hmm. that they're coming from, you're not able to convince them. We, you know, in all sincerity, you know, Dave and I give a hard, each other a hard time, but, but, you know, I love this man. I'm grateful that he's here doing this work with us. And one thing we talk a lot about in, in when we're developing our, our advocacy strategy is we have to understand where people are coming from. Yeah. And so when you're starting with folks talking about things like, like public education, and that's the perspective they're coming from, you have to start so far back to, 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 to build the case for why parents need to have choice, why it's so important to give, to fund students, not systems to give every child the ability to choose. Because if, if they can't wrap their minds around how, bad academically and morally the system is right now in public education, they're not going to see the urgency for such a, by all means, backpack bill, for example, is a massive change, yeah. right? Um, if they don't, if people don't understand how prevalent 
uh, you know, cross-sex hormones and puberty-blocking drugs are in these children's hospitals. Mm-hmm. They're not going to, and they don't understand what this actually does to kids. They're not going, it's going to be easy to say, ah, this bill's too controversial. We don't need to touch it. Or let's have one more interested party meeting or let's delay this a little bit more. I mean, that yeah. was the, the where we left it in our meeting this morning was, you know, I said, as we sit here right now, <laughs> children are getting these drugs from your clinics. Uh, we said said this to the to the um, uh, children's hospitals folks. I said children's are children are, are are getting these drugs from your clinics, mm-hmm. and they're being sterilized for life. And and she shook the 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 one lobbyist shook her head no. And I said no. You have admitted right. You've admitted that you're giving these drugs to kids. Yeah. The science says not our science. The general science says right. there's no there's no objection to the the fact that these drugs can sterilize kids. So we say that's a bad thing and we say that needs to stop. But the, the, the problem is there's so much built in our country right now so that it's really easy. It's actually incentivized to look away, right? It's we're, 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 the, the system is built not only to look away, but also that we can distract ourselves to death with other things. That's right. Right. And if I could say, if I could just say something positive that that happened this week, it, it is the fact, number one, the Holy Spirit is teaching me how to do Christianity in this space. I'm hearing his voice as I testified last week. I'm hearing his voice in interested party meetings. I sit in the state of the state address yesterday where all of the power of Ohio is, is all gathered in one room, and I see believers that I trust enough to speak into my kids in there, right? I, I see men like General Harrison. I see, you know, folks running for office in there, pastors in there, law enforcement officers in there, people that I know hear from God, but there's not enough, yeah. right? We, we, need, we need more folks in this space, you know, only only two to three percent of us pastors are, are going to be pulpiteers like there, there, there's, you know, or, or choir members or, you know, but there's so many in the body. What are the 97 percent of us that are sitting in the pews going to do to be salt and light in the earth and to truly protect children and, and to turn the ship? I'm, I'm realizing, Aaron, how easy when I testified last week. And I was scared. And if you haven't, if you haven't watched, we we posted it on our website at ccv.org. Go watch David's testimony uh, on on what was called uh, Senate Bill two sixty one. It was to expand the medical marijuana program uh, in in Ohio. And what's what's what you don't see in the video is that every you know this is this is the marijuana industry's play is they go buy up every high price lobbying group in the state. Big money. I'm surrounded by sharks. Yeah, that that are just that are that are there. Um, to push these things. Um, but sorry, David, you were saying. But to look, the, the deal was, body of Christ, nobody was challenging this. It was supposed to, it swept through the Senate. It was supposed to sweep through the House. And, and a couple people are saying, not so, not so. And, and we've been doing our work, you know, behind the scenes. But that day in the room, there were, everybody was literally asking about how will this affect children? How will this affect Ohio families? Um, questions that weren't asked in the Senate side are now, now being asked in, in the House, like Democrats and Republicans. And it brought courage to so many people uh, that today when we had the opposition, you know, because really it, it wasn't opposition testimony last week. 
it was interested party. But when we asked everybody when, if, if there were going to be an interested or an opposition hearing, um, we didn't, you know, we got crickets. So, you know, we jumped in on interested party. And when they said, this sounds more like interested party testimony more, more like, than, uh, uh, more like opposition party. opposition, I was like, well, uh, chairman, I'm, I'm very, I'm very interested party. Right. Uh, right. <laughs> Right, <laughs> but but today uh, the room was full of folks who the got courage up for another hearing. Yeah, today for and opposition, opposition and they're doing a phenomenal job in there. Many of which are from the body of Christ. So I just want to encourage you. Um, there was a proud moment of, of today, and as well as the uh, state of the state, and seeing body of Christ stepping up, not just in rhetoric, not just you know arguing on social media. Come on, guys. We sound like kids. We got to get involved. And I'm going to just be real. We got to support groups like like CCV. Nobody's doing it like we're doing it. We are right mm-hmm. here on Capitol Square. Um, we eat, sleep, drink this stuff every day. And, uh, and, and if, a lot of times, if we're not telling folks what's going on, sounding the alarm, you're not going to hear about it for another two years when it's too late. Yeah. No, I, and, that, you know, really, the I think one of the things that, that lights a fire under me today on these these issues, especially when we we again hear from hear from people like Luke Rosiak that's that's telling you wow. know revealing stories of how talk about media that's actually legit. Honestly, yeah. what the Daily Wire is doing right now is is phenomenal, uh, but it's national yeah. primarily. It's not it's not local. Um, but you 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 look at what what happened there where uh, a a boy wore a skirt skirt and went and sexually assaulted uh, two girls. But it could have been anywhere. And the point is that if you get involved in your school district, you're likely to, to find similar things involving the concealment of um, issues that make the schools look bad, um, even if it harms children to cover them up. Um, and this racial stuff, you know, at first it was like you would write articles about, oh, in X district, why crazy thing happened. There really is no point doing that. It, it is everywhere. Um, you, it'd be easier to write an article about where it's not, um, you know. <laughs> uh, it, and so this is like critical race theory, basically um, says it opposes whiteness, but it def- it redefines works. It defines whiteness as dominance, anything that's dominant. So they will try to, quote, dismantle anything that is, quote, dominant. Uh, you you look at 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 these stories, and the reality is, um, the only way these things stop is uh, is if Christians today stand up. And and it sounds that that sounds so cliche. I'm always I'm always hesitant to say, oh, Christians need to stand up. But what's important about that is that, especially with the very real uh, the, the the reality of cancel culture. Right, and I know a lot of times folks are like, "Oh, you know, I can hear uh, people in the media saying, oh, what's cancel culture?'" You throw that word around. Everybody inherently knows what cancel culture is. <laughs> cancel cancel culture is that that little bit of a hesitancy you get when you're yeah. you want to say something that you know is true, but you don't because you're scared. but you don't because you're scared. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows. Everyone knows when 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 the William Thomas story comes up, yeah. and you want to say, "I can't believe he won." the women's right. uh, swim meet, yeah, you have but, to say but you go, well, Leah and you know, she, uh, and, and you, you do that because you're afraid yeah. that so, either one, someone's going to get offended by you to someone, you know, they'll go after your job. They can, you know, lose a friendship like that, that, that cancel culture is real, is, is real. And so this is where, especially today for the people who know that their future is secured 
and that there is nothing this world can take from them, um, those people are in a particularly important position of responsibility to do something about this evil because, uh, and I'm talking about Christians, uh, because everybody else, you know, if if your hope isn't in Christ, you should be terrified of this culture. Yeah. You should be, because because th- this is all you've got. This world is all, and so for the body of Christ, when we when we see these things, when we see what's happening, um, we have a responsibility to do something about it. Amen. And 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 the reality is, th- this is. I said this. Uh, I kind of alluded to this at some to some extent uh, at our our gala last year. Uh, I actually said this to our our board. Um, you know. Uh, about a year ago when, when we said, Hey, we're getting into the school planting business. This is when we really got into the first discussions with Ben Douglas. Um, one of my board members rightfully asked, you know, why are we doing school planting? You know, we're a Christian public policy organization. What's, what is, what does school planting have to do with our mission? And I said, you know, honestly, school planting is the most important thing we do right now because we could pass every bill we want, right? We could pass backpack. We passed the heartbeat bill already. We've passed all this good stuff, but you know, 84 to 90% of the kids in our country are in Marxist critical theory, gender theory, indoctrination schools. Mm -hmm. And where today we have the numbers to stand up and stop these things, we won't in 20 years. Mm -hmm. We won't in 30 years. Uh, So even if we are able to get good stuff done today, if we're not focusing on the next generation, um, we won't have the, the, the numbers to pull us back from where we are. Yeah. I don't know why I feel the need to to interject some positivity into this one because it's a little heavy. I, at least maybe it's just how I'm feeling, but um, like literally, I, I, I've been fighting a lot of emotions today. Uh, I woke up fighting a lot of emotions, and that was my prayers. Um, you know, God, give me peace. You know, because while while the need is great, I still have to have decorum. I still have to be respectful. I still have Amen. to represent my father well. Um, and sometimes that does, that is passion. I am who he's made me, right? But I think another benefit of a CCV and is, and you know, I don't, I don't blow our horn a lot. Um, but, you know, when I, when we see prayer at the state house, mm-hmm. um, my wife and I, we stopped coming down to the state house for pro-life stuff. We stopped coming down here because we got tired of being the only black people down here. And that's nobody's fault, right? I, Or maybe it's a little bit of everybody's fault, right? But when I see our events down at the State House, we don't just galvanize people around issues. We galvanize everybody around right, left, black, white. Um, Down at the State House right now, there's Democrats uh, on uh, against uh, uh, medical marijuana. There's Republicans against. There's black, there's white, there's Catholics, there's Protestants. This is a unique element of what God is doing through this organization. And it's probably one of the main elements other than God just telling me and my wife that this is what we need to do. And that somebody need to shut you up because <laughs> you're so controlling. <laughs> but, but other than that, it's, it's seeing the, the, the unique ability of this organization to pull the kind of staff together that's come mm-hmm. around these issues to pull together the kind of uh, affiliates that have come together around all these multiplicity of issues. And I'm so thankful uh, to see it. And and just, again, if you've not been a part of, uh, you know, down here at the state house with Ruth Edmonds and and the rest of the team down here that puts that together, uh, where literally it's right in between 
the um, the Senate and the House and and representatives are being prayed for and and folks are worshiping and and it's you have to be there's no reason why we shouldn't have two and three hundred people down there every prayer at the state house. No, amen. And, and that, I guess to your point, uh, David, and this is there's a reason why this table we're recording at. I I, I try to start every morning at this table, um, turning my eyes upon Jesus. Um, and 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 we sh- like this. This isn't a. There's not resignation uh, in our voices on. Uh, on well, I guess we'll just be we'll we'll just you know be joyful. We'll tell ourselves we'll go be joyful and go do it. Um, the, the reality is we 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 consume and we see the pain in the world all the time, um, but we also do see the opportunities for good. We yeah. see the 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 opportunities of redemption that are happening all over all over the country. You know, again, I, I see uh, even in um, you know we talked about this last week with with uh, with Florida right now. Uh, seeing, you know, we, we've seen this this narrative happen time and time again of uh, of corporate America trying to cancel governors and state leaders for trying to do things to protect kids, to push back against the the LGBT movement's uh, attempt to sexualize children. Um, and what you're seeing for the first time in Governor DeSantis mm-hmm. is a governor saying, nope. "I'm not falling for it." Nope. And that is that is an amazing amazing thing. And that, like that kind of courage begets courage, mm-hmm. um, and and even too, I, you you saw today in 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 these conversations that we had uh, with the children's hospitals on uh, on the Safe Act, you saw the the other people in this committee or in this meeting, uh, their eyes start to see what's happening, and that oh, yeah. that's a, honestly, church, you know, by all means, we're 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 calling you to come and lay down your life with us and and fight fight in this mission, but I'll tell you the 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 beauty of seeing people have their eyes light up and mm-hmm. say oh we can do something good here uh, and really make an impact yeah. the the beauty of seeing what Ben Douglas is doing with his school plant right. and all these families that are that are getting getting a, a real option um well we're going to we're going to wrap up this conversation here um i'll just say uh thank you uh david um for for writing this volume out with us this mm-hmm. honestly has been uh, my favorite one awesome. we've done yet. Yeah. It's it's been really so much fun. This. Thank you for for listening. Uh, a couple things. Uh, one, um, you know, if you appreciate the narrative, I want to invite you. First and foremost, we have uh, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo coming to speak at our galas uh, on April 9th in Cincinnati and April 30th in Columbus. Uh, would love to see you there. And you know, unlike the children's hospitals, unlike all these other folks, um, we don't take a dime of government dollars. Um, we do this all. Uh, because families um, across the state and even some families across the country now uh, believe in in the mission and work of CCV and and financially support us. We're a 501c3. Um, I, I will tell you, we talk about this regularly, that we view every donation that comes into this organization as kingdom money, as Amen. blood money. Uh, and we want to make those dollars go as far as possibly as possible. Um, so we'd love to have you at the gala. We'd love to have your support of CCV. Again, um, love to have your support of the narrative by by rating and reviewing uh, the this podcast. Um, Want to encourage you um, if uh, we're, we're working on what this next volume, volume four, what it's going to be. Um, if you have ideas uh, of what you think we should, what, if, is there again the the whole concept that we had when we came up with this podcast um, was we want to take. 
uh, major narratives in culture today and unpack them from a wide variety of perspective, perspectives. That's why we started with with the the conversation around racism and then Marxism and critical theory, and now we've done we've done children first. Um, there's a lot of different directions we could go for this next one. Uh, we got some ideas at CCV. If you've got ideas, uh, shoot us a note. Uh, you could either go to our, our contact page at, at ccv.org, uh, or you could email info at ccv.org and just put the narrative in the subject line. Yeah, we uh, got and- a petition going uh, to move David Mahan out of the broom closet. <laughs> Uh, again, ccv.org slash David out of broom. You, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta pass uh, safe act first or, uh, before you gotta get one of these bills moving, do more oh, than Lord. just complain about it. Uh, no, but, uh, um, uh, but it, you know, I'd love to hear from you on that. I uh, want to thank uh, Vince Tornero, our, our uh, producer extraordinaire, uh, and uh, Westler Media uh, for all your audio and marketing and design and, and podcast needs. Reach out to, to Westler Media. Uh, grateful Claire. grateful for his expertise. Claire Dyson. Our only friend. Um, th- that is true um, uh, for, for all her work, booking our guests and, and writing these beautiful scripts that I almost never read and I should do a better job at uh, actually keeping this uh, podcast on track Uh, and thankful for you for listening uh, and sharing the podcast. We'll be back next time on the narrative.